When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, Elsie. <laughs> Hi, Jess. How are you? Better than you. Yes, I am. Yeah, you, you are better than me. Well, actually, I think we're all pissy now. <laughs> I'm not pissy. It's just you. Uh, I am very frustrated and... Yeah, from yeah. just frustrated and defeated. I'm feeling defeated and frustrated yeah. is all. You feel defeated. all get out. And I don't blame you. That sucks. So. It's sucky blah. suckersons. Yeah. Sucky suckersons. So, so would you like to tell the audience why you're, got, why you got the blues? Yeah, well, the, our kidnapper van is no more, mm-hmm. uh, to put it mildly. Uh, I mean, in, 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 you know, from the positive perspective, uh, it served its purpose. It actually kept my family alive. And thank, thank goodness for our giant, um, actually, the van is Gandalf the White. So it was a very, very strong presence in our lives. It was a very strong energy. And even though it's like, you know, the white van that doesn't really (laughs) it's not a beautiful van none of that stuff but you know what it served its purpose as um my parent my my family was coming home from um our usual saturday night free play which is when the girls get a chance to go to this gigantic gym and play for free like i mean not for free what i'm saying is like they play freely out in this giant space and it's kind of like a parent's night out and what usually happens is I go and I sit there with them. I sit in the basically the lobby while they play for hours and then I do my work. Um, and Randy usually either has like he works out or he goes to see a friend or something like that in town. And this time I was home cleaning up the house because we were leaving for Pittsburgh. And basically we are recording on Thursday. I should have been on uh, in Pittsburgh by today. Um, we were supposed to have left yesterday and to go for the summer, but on their way up, they were hit by a drunk driver that was coming down the mountain, moving, uh, who was in its, he, the, the drunk driver was in his lane coming down switch bike, switchbacks down the mountain. And, um, they, it hit the, the section, the driver's seat section in between where May May sits and in between where daddy sits. So, um, you know, cause the van shit. is so the van is like really big, right? So there's like, there are, th- there are two seats in the back seat, like two areas. So the middle, it hit the middle area. That's yeah. where the impact happened on the middle yeah. area where there no, nobody was in that middle area. So, mm. but it's essentially no more. So it's totally totaled. Totally totaled. Um, and totally totaled. Mm. And mm-hmm. we have another vehicle but it's since we don't drive it very often it's almost never used it has issues and it randy's trying to work on getting that one going but it's really frustrating because even if there's 
if there's things we have to get, like how do you go get them? Like we have nothing around us. I mean, we have a, obviously if we needed food, we could really, we would be able to, or he actually, Randy would probably walk to the store, but it would take them like, you know, it's a 40 minute walk or 20 minute walk there and 20 minute walk back. And it's a highway. So it's not like it's got sidewalks. Um, so, you know, it's very disheartening and frustrating and thank God that everybody's okay, but that's why I'm disappointed. Um, do you have emotional attachment to your vehicles? Usually not. You know what? I kind of roll with the punches. It's sort of like, I've let go of so many different things. It's not even funny. I can let go of places like you wouldn't believe. It's just like, blah. Okay, time to move on. I'm yeah. like that type of person. But I think like right now, it's just because because of the size of the vehicle. You know, it's like you can get another car, but it's not going to serve what it, what it, like we need so much more than we don't need a car. We need a van. We need something large for the level of travel that we do and for the level of um, space that we need for things. Yeah. Because Randy also uses it for work. So it's... We, we can't have, we can't have a car. I mean, we can have a car, but it doesn't, it doesn't serve us. Don't so, you have a car? Do you have another car besides the van that was just Yeah, total? it was just, yeah, we do, but it's not working properly. So we you can't really, with it? Randy's working on it right now. Mm. So, you know, but so what I'm saying is like. So you might take to Pittsburgh. Possibly, but then. But we can't have like, we we have to take the cats. We can't leave the cats here if we go to Pittsburgh. Do so. you have a neighbor that might feed them? Well, the neighbor's already feeding the goats. Well, then that's the we right can't give her the ask. goats and the cats and Why? already that's ask silly. her to Why? save her. Butts. Wait a minute! All it is is feed. Why? Because of the litter box, or do they go outside? No, they have. They need a litter box in here. They have to be in the house but it's like leaving them the cats for two months and having somebody feed them for two months and i think that rent i don't know does your mother-in-law let you bring all the cats is that what you're saying yeah she does she doesn't mind she does how many are there again there's two they've been doing that their whole life Hmm. and we do it all the time we take them home so why can't you take the cats in the jeep it's too small yeah, I don't think that we can fit. It, we were leaving for two months. It's like having two months worth of stuff for four people, plus a litter box, plus cat food. It doesn't. There's no way you can have that much stuff inside of our can Jeep. You, Who can has you a, look on care.com and see if you can pay someone like $100 a month to feed the cats and change the litter box once a week? Have you thought about that? I don't know. I'm not know. sure. Well, yeah, we can, I mean, we could. I mean, essentially it can it can still happen. It's just a matter of like first we have to see if this Jeep actually can make it, you know, because we tried to take it just down the street to the lake because the girls had been cooped up in here and we had to turn back because something was wrong with it. Um we barely made it back home. You and, definitely look you know, on care.com for pet sitters and in addition, I believe there are other online pet care matchmaking type things so look into that because your cats shouldn't be the reason you can't go somewhere for two months that's just that's just silliness 
I think. Yeah, but you also know you have to think about where I live too, because that's the other thing too, and it's and that How? that's a problem because because any like we are not close to anything almost. So yeah, there are. This is a town that lives off of like um, people come here for vacations, the area that we live in, and yeah, there's some people here now. But essentially, there is, there is, there's. It, this isn't like a town. Like we have to, when we want to go into town, we have to drive thirty to forty-five minutes to go into town. So, and if anybody wants to come take care of things here, it's not like you're in the neighborhood. Yeah, you, you have, have to, to yeah, go to out there. of the way. Yeah, yeah. So then that's that's what I'm saying. It's like it's not like going like, hey, can you come over and check on my cat? Like you could say to your neighbor, hey, I'm leaving, or no, because yeah. it's you can't. It's not like that. So that's that's the problem. Even if we need a ride, it's like you can't just be like, "Could you pick us up to to take us to whatever?" Because they have to come in forty minutes to come pick you up, and then forty minutes to take you wherever it is you're going, and then forty minutes to bring you all the way back, and then forty minutes for them to go all the way back home. <laughs> so it's not a it's not an easy ask. Yeah, there's no. Uh, um, Uber or any of those, you know, other things. It's like I can't just call an Uber. No. I mean, I guess I it. could try. <clears throat> no. So that's why it's frustrating, and I'm sure we'll figure it out. But at this point in time, it's just very frustrating. So next question: mm -hmm. How much work did he have lined up in Pittsburgh already, or was he going there to then line up the work? He had some already up there. Um, but it was not, you know, completely set in stone because he needed to have, he needed to be there in order for it to start to happen, you know, the conversations right. to kind of finish through. So, yeah. And, and so is that all up in the air or is he still trying to do it or did he just say cancel it? I don't know what my life's happening. <laughs> like, did he, do you know if he has put them off indefinitely or if he's... What's up with that? I guess I think, is what I'm asking. I think he's got like a really good idea right now that we're going to get there. Like he's very positive that okay. so, uh, somehow we're going to make it over there. So no, that's really good. I mean, you know, but it's every day is every day is it's, it's the day, every day. It's the day he can't really think of anything forward facing or future. Right. It's not like we can't, we can't tell somebody we're going to be there this time. Right. It's, you know, we, there's no date set at this moment. Um, Next so, question. On a scale of one to ten, what are the chances that you could fly there? To Pittsburgh? Yes. That would also be annoying because our nearest um, airport is kind of far away. Which one is it? Us. Like the Asheville? Um, Asheville is actually, I think, closer. But see, Asheville doesn't really necessarily fly direct. Asheville, the, the Asheville airport's very small. So they usually you kind of like, usually what they do is, is you have to fly to something like Charlotte or something that's, that's the larger airport. And then you fly into Asheville. So it's, it's kind of annoying, which is why I had my parents fly straight into South Carolina. Um, because it, it was actually easier for us to go pick them up there, which is a, there. It's, I think that airport's about 50 minutes away from us so you can get a flight from Asheville to Pittsburgh one way is like $350 a ticket though but you can do it it's just expensive yeah and actually what I'm saying is that Asheville is the expensive airport oh, I think if so, we went through oh. South Carolina it would be a different it would be a different price point um but yeah I don't I don't think that 
flying with then yeah I think what it is, we also don't have any luggage. I mean, no, seriously, I have everything packed in front of me. In fact, right now I have everything packed in four like large, um, like plastic bins that are really like organized. I was, I'm already totally done. It's just that the thing is that we don't have luggage. So we would have to go get luggage. We would have to go buy luggage, pack all the stuff. How do you have to also, you know? So how do you. What do you pack in what, when you're just going without luggage? Pla- plastic van? bins. We have plastic bins. I just, oh. I just said that. We have plastic bins. You we have these lovely. That? I missed that? How did I miss yes. that? So there's really nice. I was nice about and... the litter box in the car and I was distracted. <laughs> no. Um, so everything is like really compact. Everything that I have here is essentially I use the, um, what's her name? The. Uh, what is Marie Kondo? Whatever her name is, Marie Kondo, the the tidying up lady that with from the book. Oh yeah, I don't know yeah, if you have read yeah. that book. So I use her her love her way of folding. So everything is already pre folded <laughs> in tiny little compartments inside of these four. Like each one of us has one plastic bin with all of our clothes already inside it, neatly folded. Um, and so when we go over to the in-laws house, I really don't ever take the clothes out of there. They just stay in those bins. And so the girls each have one and they open it up and they have all their clothes neatly laid in there and they know which one belongs to them and they don't make a mess. So the clothes aren't everywhere. And then it's really easy for me to pack them because what I do usually it's like I put boxes inside of boxes. So they have these like little eight by 10 separators that go inside the larger box and it's really easy to take them out. So it's that's just the way that because we've done this so much that's the easier the easiest thing for me to do to pack and keep them organized and for me to keep my clothes organized so um i and i had already separated things that we were going to mail out there that were going to be taking up too much space in the van because randy was going to build the yurt and he had we were going to carry the yurt roof inside of the van when we went over to the in-laws house wow it sounds yeah. so efficient and complica- uh, complicated, but really efficient. You have, I mean, you really have it down to like a, an Escobar science, <laughs> like a, like a Randy well, we Elsie this, science. Like, this is the Randy, yeah, the three science to four, of Randy and Elsie. That's right. It was three to four times a year that we did this. So we, and we've been doing this for now for the past three years. So we've got it, we've got it down. We know like every time we come back, we're like, okay, that didn't work or this isn't really easy yeah. or this isn't, you know, this is a mess or so, and that way I can keep, cause I'm just, yeah. So we had a system and it's just a little, uh, the system was just frustrating. One important detail, a reliable yeah. car. <laughs> yeah. One well, no, our car detail. was that. Yeah, it that. But really I mean, the though. van. It was not really the van reliable. Worked. Come on, it, it worked. worked. But yeah. it. But I. This is not the first time that you've either been delayed, stuck, broken down. You know. And you know this- what? And it usually happened exactly right before we were gonna go yes, leave. Yes, I'm to aware. I yep. know it always happens right before you go for the summer. Every yep. time, in fact, right I before know. you go for the summer. Yep. Which. Which, if you listen to universal signs, may be telling you something. And I hope that something isn't, you should be on an airplane. (laughs) 
Like, I mean, no, you seem cause... to enjoy the road trip, so I don't think it's I don't think it's the universe telling you anything except you need a better car. You just need a car, like a better van, a minivan, or some kind of SUV. Listen, if anybody's listening on the East Coast that has an extra one of those vehicles, be it minivan, USV, USV, ah, SUV, <laughs> a USB van, <laughs> kidnapper van, trailer. Even like a flatbed truck where she could schlep like the cats in like a flatbed. If you have anything that you either want to donate or something you want to get rid of, let us know at feedback at shepodcast.com this week so that we can help Elsie. We'll start an Indiegogo, like a help Elsie get to the in-laws <laughs> Kickstarter or GoFundMe. Oh, my God. So that she can get there. I mean, I, I my father, my whole life had rotating cars in and out, in and out, because at the height of his business, he was driving videotape all over the country. So he had a van just like the one that Randy wants, only with no windows, with my name painted on the side. Not Jessica, but my last name painted on the side. And then um, like two or three minivans and then always like a these giant cars, I don't know why they had to be so big. I think because he was always like, use, again, using them to schlep boxes or whatever. So anytime I had it. So the first car I had was like a, oh my God, I used to call it the green banana boat. It was um 76 Buick Skylark, which is like driving a couch. And then I switched me, he switched that out for like a, for like another Buick. Yeah. I've also had driven a Ford Crown Victoria, like an old, like it's always, I'm always driving a sofa somewhere because he's like, oh, that car's broken. Here's another piece of shit. That car's broken. Here's another piece of shit. And then when they would break, he would be like, you go through so many cars. I'm like, why are they all 30 years old? This is not my fault. <laughs> I mean, there were so many wonderful things about that van because it actually was a payment for a job that part of a payment that Randy did. So we, we haven't had car payments in six years. Well, you might still not have to have a car payment if you can raise yeah. like two or three grand and get a, an old van again. You just need one that, you know, it doesn't have to be pretty, right? It just has to be functional. No, it doesn't. It has, no, it just needs to kind of work <laughs> and yeah, um, I mean, have space and stuff. That's that's really all we need. and. Yeah. So yeah, if anybody has one out there that they're trying to get rid of or something like that, or that you'd be you, willing to, you know, have somebody put a yurt up for you. Yeah. Um, trade him for, gosh. Trade I him mean, some stuff. I will but, trade uh, you the money for a car for a deck if he will build my deck. <laughs> I know. Trade you the money for that. I know. Right. That would really nice. cover a new car if he could come do this deck. Yeah, that would be nice. I think. I mean, I still don't know how much it would cost. And I also think, you know, as long as he's not like, oh, you guys are friends, so let me cut the price in half. Like, charge us what it's worth, and then you should have the money. I mean, I don't know, depending on how much a new van. You know, let's go on Craigslist. Now I'm curious. Oh, my God. (laughs) But we have to talk about your thing. You have to talk about something else. So we have to – this is not going to be let's get Elsie the van thing i'm sure there's going to be more conversation coming up so i guess you're right you're probably right anyway if anyone has any ideas send them her way send them our way okay let's move on you're right you're right let's talk about the rain summit first let's talk about let's do it first let's talk about if you don't mind internet streaming radio because okay I right before we started recording i got off the phone with someone who was contacting me to help represent their show and their network and it's an internet radio network 
And I'm like, well, I don't really do that because I really focus on podcasts because I know how to price them because I price them per download per episode. And, you know, it's easy for me to know what to charge. And they were like, yeah, internet radio, there really is no good way to met, which is something I've been suspicious of. She's like, there really isn't any like definitive measurement. Like I know when someone's on the website and I know when someone's listened in the app. And I was like, but then how do these radio net, you know, I mean, I wasn't asking her like, how do the radio networks make money? But my, as soon as someone brings up streaming radio or internet radio, I'm stressed out. I can't wrap my head around any part of it. The technology, the measurement, the pricing. It always sounds like a crazy amount of listeners, like 50,000 listeners a week or 17,000 a day. How do you know? How do they get Mm. there? How do they know about you? I never see an internet radio network with a huge social reach. So how is 17,000 people in the world finding your one show on that one website? Google ads? And then are you counting your streaming based on how, like your web traffic? I, do you have any idea how it works, Elsie? No, I have no idea. And you know, I mean, those are really great questions because it's, I understand, I understand your concern. And I think that there's times where yeah, you can't you can't measure that and you can't measure whether or not they actually have an engaged audience versus like, I mean, is the show on like, would you say, um, you know, let's say she podcast was on on the radio or whatever. Would it be like she podcast is on at 7 p.m. on Monday nights? Or right, is this exactly. something that if somebody is like listening and they're like just listening to a bunch of p- shows after the other and then our show happens to be part of the you know, whatever, whatever people are listening to. Is that what it is? Because I, I, I'm not sure that I'm okay with people. People already have a hard time just showing up to go do a class or a webinar or a meeting at a specific time. Right. I, I'm not sure. I mean, that they're paying, they're either paying for, or it's for work. uh, Or it is something that really means a lot to them. And I think in terms of entertainment, it either has to be easy like no engagement like whatever let's just turn on the tv and see what's on you know that's like super laid back or exactly. to be you know like not like oh seven o'clock oh seven o'clock let's go listen to she podcasts <laughs> like i just I'm like what that makes no sense anymore right. they'd have to right that's my whole point in order to find the whole purpose of radio and the reason why it's been successful is because you you flip channels to find something and i mean yeah, yeah i guess in the olden days at some point they would schedule time to listen to a specific radio show. But like knowing that we're not doing that now, how does it, how do you flip through internet channels to find the right one? You can't accidentally stumble upon one of these channels, which is why I'm dubious that it's not getting the kind of traction that they're saying it's getting. It just makes no sense to me. And so every time they're hopeful that I'm going to help them, I get, I get a little sweaty and nervous because I'm just like, yeah, I really want to help you, but I have no idea how to sell that. And then she was like, well, I really haven't paid attention to my downloads. And I just realized that I haven't been in iTunes in a while. So why don't I put my show back in iTunes and then we'll revisit. Oh and I'm my like, God. Well, and I'm like, well, iTunes <laughs> is going to be giving you stats. So that's a good thing. I will be able to sell your, your episodes on iTunes, but not based on your streaming 
radio downloads. I can only sell mm. it based on how many each episode gets in iTunes because that's a podcast and that's what I sell. Um, right. And also, I mean, you can't, you could sell it based on anything of people subscribing to her RSS feed, which is essentially even above and beyond iTunes because, you know, iTunes is anywhere between 60 to, you know, 80% of your downloads. But you still have that other percentage that is not through iTunes, but it's still people that are listening to your show. Right. So there's that, but still, um, internet radio and streaming stuff isn't really. uh, Yeah. I mean, here's the thing about streaming. Like, okay. So yesterday I was at the rain podcast business summit, which is basically gathering of all kinds of people who have some stake in the way podcasts make money, create business around podcasting, et cetera. Now, the main networks, NPR, WNYC, um, Panoply, you know, if, if internet radio and streaming was such a big thing, they would be doing it. The reason they're not doing it is because their shows are on iHeartRadio and Spotify, and that's great. That is an obvious way to make money. They have a platform where they're measuring, but it's also not streaming all the time, like, tune in at 7 p.m. kind of thing. Like it's still on demand. You can still measure download and engagement as a, you know, so so when they talk about internet streaming and they're talking about Google Play and Spot, that I understand. That makes sense to me. The whole, I have my own network, pay me $600 and I'll put your radio show on my network. Like that makes no sense to me. I don't know how it works. I feel like I'm never gonna know how it works. If anyone would like to explain it to me, Please write us feedback at ShePodcast.com because I'm dying to understand it so I can speak a little bit more intelligently and say something other than, I don't know how it works, so I don't sell it. The truth is I don't sell it because I feel like it's a distraction from what I do and also Mm -hmm. because I've yet to see any printout, PDF, or chart of measurement for downloads for any radio show ever. No one has ever showed me one, ever. Nor can they produce one. They're always like, my producer has it. Maybe he'll give it to me. I'm sure I'll send it over. I never see it. Never, it never comes through. So, yeah. I think my question um, usually has to do with how you consume uh, streaming radio because I'm not quite sure where it is. I know that, you know, there was a time, and I'm not even sure how this is set up yet, but in iTunes, originally there were some... Like you could listen to some streaming radio stations inside of iTunes. Mm-hmm. And then I do believe that now with music, there is a, there's a layer of stations that you can also listen to there. And of course, there's iHeartRadio, but that's its own thing. Like I feel that that's its own separate total thing. Like I don't, mm-hmm. I don't feel that that's, I just don't know where are these stations and how do you get, like I don't know where you would go. Do you and just, do like do you open the own. computer? Right. <laughs> what, is it, what does it mean to have your own station? Like, oh, I started this internet radio station in 1980. How could I do that too? If I just turn on a mic and start talking with a with a way to press play, are you housing it somewhere? Is there a is there a radio antenna or a dish on your roof? How is it working? What's happening? Well. Oh, okay. Oh. Yes. <laughs> Thank you. Sorry. There are uh, places that will, uh, they have it all set up where all you have to do is pay them a certain amount a month. And then you can, you can go and be on, you can make your own radio network. There's also software you can buy 
where you can set up your own internet network as like a website. As internet streaming radio goes, if you're on a network, you can either send them your MP3 of the show and they will load it at like four o'clock on Thursday uh, and they do that. Or there's another way networks work where they take a, almost they take a copy or share your post for your episode for your podcast. They'll share it from your website. So if anybody wants to go there and listen to it, they can just click on it there and listen to it through their computer. No, I know how people listen to it and stuff. Oh, okay. I, I misunderstood. No, no, no. It's just that, I, I mean, I know that you can just go to the website, click play. What I want to know is how does one decide to have their own network? How does one make a business out of it? What kind of technology? You're saying, oh, you just, you just like call these people and you pay them X amount of money and then you have the whatever. But what I'm saying is, how do they get it? Where are they getting it? The space or the hardware or what, what kind of, well, stuff I'm sure they, they developed, they've developed it. They developed the hardware and the programming it takes to have an internet radio station and they have it all set up. I so guess. it's just, it's just, pl it's kind of plug and play. It's the same mm -hmm. thing as if you wanted to use uh it's like a plugin to be honest with you, where you would use a plugin and you would load everything up. You could load the shows, you can load up the music and, and bumpers and all that stuff. And it just goes. And then there's an also where one, if you want to do on Tuesdays at from four to six, you want to do your own live show, you could turn that off and go live from your computer. Mm -hmm. So that's how it works. Interesting, but I still feel like I don't understand. <laughs> <laughs> do you, Elsie? Yeah, I think that it's really more from the consumption end of things, I guess, you know, because of my, my uh, one very focused point of view in terms of podcasting and um, that's how I kind of consume my content that I'm, I'm such a, I'm so passionate about how and when people are listening and in what way they consume and how they can access and knowing that discovering podcast is still sometimes a problem for some people and how we can get other people to listen. I just feel like I am completely and utterly ignorant about um, con the consumption of uh, streaming radio stations. And I don't think I would even know where to begin to do it. Like that's my, my from my point of view, again, which is I would Google internet and radio and then find one that sounded interesting and then hit play, but it's never interesting. So it doesn't matter. Well, like they don't, yeah, they but don't then market that, themselves as interesting. Yeah. So then you would have to what though? Cause, but I don't listen at the computer. So how do I do it on my phone? Do I, is there, I'm sure, I'm sure there's apps and whatnot to be able to put them on. And obviously you'd have to have bandwidth in order to listen to that because it's streaming. So you can't really download it. I mean, I'm sure that there's times when you can, it just seems um, I don't know enough to even comment on it. To I don't be either. honest. I don't. Yeah. I don't. Well, I don't anyway, know so to... I, this is why I get so stressed out because someone inevitably wants me. It, it happens at least once every other week, and I always it makes me nervous. I get nervous. I don't even know why. It's like someone keeps bringing up a monster in my closet that I don't want to see or something. It's ridiculous. Hmm. It's very weird. Anyway, hmm. um, moving on because we still have a lot to talk about, and I'm sorry. For that um, distraction. You so wanted to just, talk about the rain. You yeah, wanted so to talk me, about the rain summit. Yeah. So just to tell you a little bit about the rain summit. Again, it was meant to be um, bring people together, talk about um, talk about like some issues. I don't want to say issues, but like um, I'm trying to pull up the thing. Um, keynote presenter was the CEO of NPR. 
And then Chris Peterson, um, the SVP of podcasting at iHeartRadio. And then Larry Rosen, the president of Edison Research. And then after we heard their presentation, there was a panel about measurement. There was a panel about um, content creation and programming. And there was a panel about, oh, there was an interview with Chris Peterson and Elvis Duran that I thought was useless. Um, it was pretty interesting. Oh, and success, like how to create a successful ad campaign, um, which I thought was really interesting because it dove into a little bit of the hot behind the scenes of like MailChimp, Dunkin' Donuts on cereal, you know, like some some really successful campaigns that are unusual for the kinds of businesses they are, like Dunkin' Donuts. Um, you, it's not often that you hear a national brand on a podcast like that. A lot of it is, as you know, like use this coupon code for one month free or try it now or sleep on this mattress. But um, <laughs> they found they, you know, mid-roll had been wanting them to try a podcast campaign. They were up for it. They found a host that was like, for whatever reason, completely over the moon about every product at Dunkin' Donuts and never stopped talking about it already. And so they paid for a 60 second spot. The person talked about Dunkin' Donuts for six friggin' minutes. <gasps> Because you know, kind of like how you and I do, when we have a sponsor. We kind yeah, of go we get, off. We, yeah, we're like we like go John, off. If John paid per advertising minute, it would be a lot more expensive. <laughs> <laughs> do you know what I mean? Because we sometimes yeah. our spots are three, four minutes long. Sometimes they're not. But like when you really love something, you're not counting. You just talk about it. And after just one ad, they actually saw an increase in sales overall. And so they were like, "Yep, we're gonna keep doing it. Hell yeah, we're gonna keep doing it." So. um Anyway, so that was really interesting. The main presentation, the keynote, the the NPR iHeart Edison Research guy, they have a, I, I wasn't sure, I'm still not sure why this was presented at the Rain Podcast Business Summit, but here's what it was. Basically, Edison Research has a new, um, a new study that they just did about smart speakers, Alexa, um, Google Home, and now the HomePod. And it was case study after case study about how people with the Alexa, um, whatever they call it, Echo, the Dot, whatever, that it becomes so integrated into their lives that most people surveyed that have one of these devices say they can't live without it. And most people who have one of these devices say they listen to podcasts 20% more than they did before or that they started listening as a result of having one of these things because it's so easy because all you have to do is say, Alexa, play She Podcasts on Spotify and boom, it starts. The most recent thing starts. So there the the numbers weren't as strong as I would have liked them to be. So for example, if they had been like, um, First of all, just the amount of people that have them in the country. It's a small percent of people, you know, based on the infinite dial study when they, you know, when they did like, how many of you own a this, own a that, then they broke out the study for people who did own a, it's not that big of a percentage that even have one. And out of the people who didn't have one, um, over half the people who don't have one say they have no intention of buying one. And the main reason is because they have no idea what they would do with it. So it's not, so it's like, yeah. And I mean, and so for the two of you, I don't know if you have one. Do you have an Alexa? And that's that's exactly exactly what I would say. I'm like, what am I going to, yeah, what am I going to do with it? 
What about you, John? Do you like, have uh, one? If John's around. But this takes away the the need to even push your touch your phone in any way. What if you're cooking? What if you're rocking a baby? What if you're, you know, whatever? Like, I, so here's what they showed people doing with it the most often, besides listening to the radio, listening to audio books while they're cooking, while they're doing it. There's one little family with a five, you know, five week old baby. She only calms down when she hears um, "Can't Take My Eyes Off of You" by Frankie Valley. And so every time she starts crying, she says, Alexa, play, you can't take my eyes off of you, Frankie Valley. And it's like, and the baby's quiet immediately. It was crazy. But like, I mean, we all know that babies like a song, but to not have to find your phone wherever it could be, changing table, in your bra, in the shower. I mean, when you, when you first have the baby, where the hell, nobody knows where their phone is. It's so much easier to just be like, play this, or what's the weather tomorrow, or or they're you know for the elderly they're doing stuff like arms full of groceries walk in the door alexa turn on the kitchen lights bing and they're on alexa close the garage door bing and it's closed because you can really have like a you can really connect your entire home to have alexa doing this stuff some people are using it for like company like one woman moved to this country, blah, blah, blah. Like her daughter is in college. So she says Alexa's her second daughter. She talks to it. Alexa actually has a skill, a psychology skill, where if you tell, if you enable it and you tell Alexa you're sad, it will use a rote um, formula to help you talk through your feelings. Oh, my gosh. So this, so again, not sure why it was presented at the podcast business summit. I would have liked to hear, you know, more about how to make more cash, but whatevs. Um, the guy <laughs> from my heart radio, when he was first introducing it, he said X amount of years ago, I stood in front of a group just like this. I told them the internet was ready. I told them cable was coming and to get ready. People didn't believe me. Warner Brothers, you know, like uh, apparently at some point, Warner Brothers um, movies, when they were making movies and television came to town, they refused to make any movie or have any room show a TV set in it. Now they're the biggest television makers. But at the time, they were like, they were afraid that people would watch television and not go to movies anymore. They would ruin the industry. And so this guy was like, cable's coming, get ready. And now cable has like totally, you know, eight networks lunches the regular networks lunches and then he said i said the internet's coming get ready that took a little bit longer but now it completely has changed the way we do everything in life now i'm standing in front of you again your life is about to change with these smart speakers and you need to be ready so no hmm. no advice on how to make ourselves ready how to make podcasts ready to be consumed that way i will say that if you are a libsyn subscriber and you do not send your show to iheart or spotify at this point they have no way of listening to you on alexa because yeah. you can't pull it up in itunes and it's not going to be on amazon prime radio you know that's just music so unless you are you, you know printing to not printing listen to me unless you're publishing to more than just itunes and stitcher you're out of the game right now so i would say my takeaway for our audience from that was start publishing immediately to something that can be pulled up by alexa and then you can use that once you are on spotify like we elsie can now say oh you want to listen you can either go to you know find us on archons blah 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 or just say alexa 
Play She Podcast on Spotify. I mean, that can be our outro now. Don't forget, you want to hear mm. that, you know, you want to hear past episodes? You want to hear episode 123? Alexa, play 123 of She Podcast on Spotify. You know, and that's something that you don't have to search for it. Think of all the work you have to do to hit our, to play our show. All the people listening to us right now, all the work they've gone through to find it. They've either been in our Facebook group and had to click to our website, then had to click to the blog post, then had to press play. Or they see it in their app. They see it as a subscription. They have to open the app, find the episode. It's a lot of work. This is no work. So right now, it's the easiest way to listen to your content. So if you're not there, you're missing out. But... I mean, I'm still I'm still waiting for the instructions on how to monetize that. Like, do we now I mean, is that one way to maybe increase your audience? Do you teach people? I mean, I mean, because there's no real way to like market to Alexa and smart speaker owners, at least not right now. There's no way to know. I mean, I don't I don't see Libsyn telling me. I mean, they will tell me how many people download on Spotify, but I listen to Spotify on Spotify.com. I don't listen through Alexa. So right now, there's no way to know who, which ones are on smart speakers unless they're going to start telling us somehow, unless Spotify is going to start telling us somehow. But um, anyway, so that's what I learned. That's the biggest thing I learned there. Like the Dunkin' Donuts thing was interesting. The rest of it was interesting. They were really into the smart speakers and like and and my colleague from Cast Plus, Jenny's sitting next to me. She's like, I'm the same way. I don't have one. I have no way of wanting one. And then by the end of the presentation, I could tell it was like she was mulling it over, mulling it over. And then last night at midnight, she sends me an email. I just bought an Amazon Echo. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, what are you going to do with it? She was like, I look forward to figuring it out. I sent her a couple, like the whole time during the presentation, I'm reading articles, 17 things to do with Alexa, 25 things you didn't know Alexa could do, 35 things your Alexa can do that you're never going to be able to live without. And I sent her all the articles and she was like, good times. Because I mean, it has 10,000, I mean, not to mention the stuff they already built in for it to do. There are now 10,000 third-party skills you can hook it up to. You can hook it up to if this, then that. You can hook it up to SMS. And I could say, Alexa, SMS, I think it's called SMS by Molly. SMS by Molly and text Elsie that she needs to meet me at 7. And it'll send you a text. Wow. It's pretty cool. We just don't know what the fuck it does. Yeah, no and one I think knows that that's, what it does. Yeah. That's exactly where the problem is right now, which is which is exactly the same problem that we're having all the way around, which is that the level of of teaching, you know, and the level of like how much how much are we going to spend on being able to teach an audience that you can actually do this in an easier way? And then or or if there's going to be a way to be able to do this um and just forget about the older people and sort of say, like, you know, everybody that's 40 plus, let's not spend any time focusing on these guys at all. Let's just but, not. And then but, and then just put all of the money into educating anybody that's younger and doing campaigns based on, on the young people to really teach them how to incorporate that in their lives. But listen to this. So. The bottom, I mean, they were not the top two reasons. They were the bottom two reasons, but they were on the list. Reasons they have an Alexa to assist the elderly and the disabled. Yeah, yeah so this absolutely. Is a way to I think, actually have yeah. a better elderly audience because absolutely. they don't have I, to learn I kind of shit. Agree with that. Yeah, they don't have to learn They just anything. have to talk. 
They just have to talk. And they know how to do they that just already. Have to we talk. all know that. I could see the power. I can totally see the power of that. And I think that that's a really great, wonderful connection to it. Yes. And I would see, I would, but see how we are thinking about a solution there. We're thinking that this is a very, very important solution. Like I would really think like, oh, I'd love to get this for my parents. Oh, how great would it be to just have them understand that they can do this? I would love that. That's a solution or somebody yes. exact, exactly somebody that's differently abled and they just can't do something. And then you can right. totally key in. But for somebody like me, who is like, you know, 45 years old, uh, I, I'm a stay at home mom. I'm fairly tech savvy, but we are not really fully connected and possibly even slightly moving off of wanting my children to be on screens and and uh, dealing with tech all all day, that I want them to be outside and do all that stuff. Like there's, you can take there's them sort of like now they have something called well, the Echo Tap. Take it outside, have them oh dance and listen to music and audio You know that would actually have be a solution because there are times like now when they do want to dance and yes. it's a lot of their time is spent on looking for the song or yes. listening to a podcast. All a lot of the time is, say, is spent on them play looking Justin for Bieber. it. Yes, all they have to yeah, do is say play Justin Bieber and it's up. So Oh my gosh, they're so cute. They're all day long, Jess. Despacito. No, they're both of them are like out That's of the adorable. like out of nowhere. They're like constantly saying that. I'm like, oh my gosh, they're so cute. Anyway. So um let me just so so for someone like us, because you're right, same with me. I'm just like all I ever do is ask. I haven't so I bought Scott is my husband is the person where if you're Googling what to buy, the person who has everything, that's my husband. Whatever he doesn't buy for himself, he probably inherited five years ago. So I look up those lists and then I get pissed off because he already has 75% of the shit on the list. That's how annoying he is. So like I bought him an Alexa Echo a while ago, and for a year now, all I've done is ask it the weather. It wasn't until a month ago he realized he could – we have a smart thermostat called the Nest. It wasn't until a month yeah. ago he even realized he could set it up. So now we're upstairs and we're cold. He'll say, Alexa, turn the air conditioning down to about 62 degrees, you know, like whatever. Um, yeah, yeah. It's never that cold in here, but it was just an example. Um, we don't have any of the smart bulbs, so it doesn't do that. So then he's like – he has the app. He still doesn't really know what it the fuck it does. So I start telling him about some of the stuff I saw, and he was like, that's amazing. That's amazing. What? That's amazing. So um, just very quickly, you can st stream songs from Amazon, stream Spotify, stream anything, listen to the radio, read an audio book, listen to Alexa read you any book on your Kindle. She reads the books to you, so you don't even have to have an audio book. Oh, wow. Book. Host That's a trivia crazy. night because you can just say, Alexa, who was the guy who wrote, um, uh, whatever, Little House on the Prairie? You know, you can host, so you can host a trivia night, set timers, cook feast because it will find you a recipe and walk it, walk you through it. It will walk you through a recipe in the kitchen. So if you want to make mm -hmm. potato soup, Alexa, how do I make potato soup? First, get the potatoes, you know? <laughs> it tells you the whole thing. You can order pizza with it or any takeout. It will teach you how to make drinks. Call an Uber for you. <coughs> cough, cough, Carlos. Um, or a Lyft. Let's see what else. Um, yeah, quarterback your connected home. So if you have smart switches, Philips connected led lights you can you can hook them all up and just say turn on the light in the bedroom i forgot turn off the light in the master bathroom or whatever you can change the colors of your lights to do like sunrise or dim that kind of thing 
Um, there's all kinds of gadgets it'll hook up to besides like besides those two lights. Um, let's see what else. Control your garage. See who's knocking at the door with a camera or ask. Um, it will lock your doors for you. Now, this isn't just like the way your house is right now. You have to get all these other flipping devices, right? But it, just the fact that it has the capability, I think it's cool. Um, help secure your home. Control your climate. Um, turn your um, overhead fans on. Control, I guess, the rest of your smart gear, like outside lights, spotlights. Um, what else? Da, 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 da. Work with something called Wink. So this is yeah, basically sure a lot of, this is a lot of like, yeah, this is a lot of like smart home stuff, like your refrigerator. Oh, your, your if this, then that recipes. So if you want it to do like, if when I hit on Facebook, please post to Twitter. You can set that up all through Alexa. Um, turn on your lights when you first wake up in the morning. Make phone calls for you. Now you can use it to call people on the phone. It's amazing. I mean, that's only half the list. So anyway. That's crazy stuff. So I don't do I mean, mind you, I don't do any of that. So it's like I don't make phone calls. <laughs> you don't make phone calls. No, I mean, no, I mean, what I'm saying is like, that I guess I would like it if somebody would be on hold for me. And like, you know, that kind of stuff would be nice. But yeah, I don't it's so funny. It's um, yeah, I'm I'm torn. You know, I'm torn about Alexa. It's one of the reasons I also don't own an um, an Apple Watch that there's a there's something about oh, having, that thing's useless. It's useless. The Apple Watch There's is useless. Can't do any something. of this shit. Yeah. I don't know. I, I just... had an Apple Watch and I took it back because it can't text for you. And if someone is calling you on the phone, you have to put it up to your ear to hear them. It was useless. Oh. Yeah, I'm sure that there's other things. Like the only reason that I wanted it was for like working out and stuff. And then I found out that it you couldn't really do it at the time without the this phone. This will take which I'm you like, through what? a Pilates class and a seven-minute workout. Wow. I mean, that's pretty cool. There's a lot. There's a whole bunch of like, I mean, tell you the calories in a banana. Um, it has a seven minute workout skill. Tell you the calories in everything. Connects to your Fitbit. Um, and it actually talks back to you. Is that is that the thing? Like it actually yeah. talks back to you? Yeah, because it I has, think that that's. Yeah. That's what I really would like. Like when, when we do use Siri here at home, it generally has to do with the girls are curious and there's a lot of questions they ask me all the time where I really don't know the answer to. It's like, it's about nature. It's about a thing. Like, where did this come from? Like, and I'm always like, I don't know. That's a really good question. Let's look it up, you know? Um, yeah. And we usually spend a lot of time looking at, you know, bugs or animals or some kind yeah. of natural disaster thing that we're constantly, we're learning, like I'm learning with them, you know, or, or yeah. like they ask me about a specific word and then I go, well, this is the word. And when they're like, why is it called that? And I'm like, I don't know why it's called that. Let's go find out. <laughs> you know? Yeah. So you can so, just say, Alexa, why is it called that? It just, uh, um, it says, if you want to learn to exercise your brain, you can give it skills to do 20 questions, movie trivia, spelling bee, and you can quiz mm. yourself about stuff too. So if like you want to learn about puppies, you can set it up to deliver trivia to you about any topic. I wonder if you can yourself. set it up to do like timetables because, you know, that's what Hunter's learning now. She's learning like multiplication tables and things like that. I wonder if you could set it up I where I had one it would just me, but I guarantee you as that. her. 
Yeah, that would be kind of interesting because that would be kind of neat. And like with doing yeah. like um, just random equations, like even if it's just as simple as like what's 10 minus six because May is doing her subtraction and things like that. And I'll tell you what. Sit there and. I bet it would take what? a lot of the Elsie out of that homeschooling. Oh, I know. Because right, you could yeah. just say, Alexa, run through the six times tables and then you leave and huh? Hunter's there. Seven. 25, 82, 64. <laughs> I bet you oh could teach God. it to do a lot of the stuff that you are taking time away from other stuff to do. Because that's yeah, the other one of the things it was saying is like the family was saying, you know, my daughter has a million questions and rather have me look it up on my phone. She now asks Alexa. She doesn't come to me at all with this stuff anymore. It's And he's like, not that he's unhappy about it. He's like, it's great because your kids are constantly interrupting whatever you're doing. And now she, it's almost like she has a friend that she can interact with that doesn't have to involve me, you know, which is cool. I thought that was kind of neat. Just, like, now we just have to work on the Wi-Fi component because it doesn't work without right. it. So. It does not There's run without that. it. There is yeah. that. I believe there might be a mobile component. But anyway, so that was fascinating. But but really podcast worthy information simply because um, it tells me that you may be able to really increase your audience by getting on a service that Alexa uses. And in addition, um, I will say that at every one of these podcast business things, when I go to when NPR and iHeart and, and all these people are there, the one thing I hear them say in every panel and everything is, it's this is just the beginning. It's not mainstream yet. We're at the forefront. We're at the cusp. It's brand new. People are still discovering it. And I love mm -hmm. hearing that because it makes me feel like there's a boom about to happen. I mean, when the internet boom happened, I was like 25. There's no way I could get in on any kind of boom other than have jobs teaching it to other people, which I did. But now we have an opportunity both as podcasters and people who have, I guess, if you do have a business in podcasting, teaching podcasting, selling podcast, whatever it is, you know, that it's going to get heavy very fast. And I'm 40. If it lasts 15 years, maybe I can retire early. <laughs> you know, like that would be awesome. Right. You know, the that internet is a boom that has certainly hasn't gone away in 20 years. And all the people who, you know, the guy, Carl, the guy who's the, um, by the way, who's the head of NPR, CEO of NPR started the E network. So you can imagine. Wow. Yeah. He started the E network when he was our age. Now he's 60 and he's the head of NPR. Oh my gosh. So where wow. are we going to be in 20 years now that we've started She Podcasts or now that you've started your show? You, Those of you who are listening, like, where are you going to be when you're 60? You know, like, stick with it. It's worth it to stick with it. It's just the beginning. Don't be frustrated. Just keep just move with the technology as it shifts and be in the places where people are needing you to be so that you can be. found. Oh, and by the way, make sure you have a good show. Right. That's important. <laughs> by the way. Yeah. Make sure you have a good. Yeah. Well, good. By the way, have have good content. <laughs> um. All right, I'm done with the soapbox. But I mean, interesting stuff, right? And by the way, the Echo is only fifty bucks, so it's not like oh, it's I can never afford it. Yes, you can. It's fifty dollars. Yeah, they're accessible. They're accessible devices. Absolutely. Very, very accessible. Very accessible. Yeah. Okay. What's uh? I lost my trailer so board. Actually, I just so now I don't know what's going on. Quick I just wanted to give a quick shout out to Odd Dad Out because, um, you know, he mentioned us 
on the show, on his show, actually. He featured us there on his episode 64. And unfortunately, we had a lovely, hilarious conversation that none of us could, you know. I don't know if you've been able to oh, look yeah, at your yeah. files, Jess, to no, be able to see No, I can't find it. it. I don't That's, have it. I don't have it. Okay. So Mm-mm. sadly, we lost this huge conversation and my heart is broken because we had such a good time talking about you. And thank you so much for taking the time to talk about us. We really appreciate it. And this is so by far so much shorter than what we did last time. But I just wanted to acknowledge you so much. So you guys, if you want to listen to Odd Dad Out and episode 64, the episode is called Weird Come Weird Comes in Pairs. Yes. <laughs> and it was really Please awesome. Do. We we appreciate it. And I'm sorry we, you know, we're like, oh, we can't do it again. So, but we still appreciate you highlighting us. We really love that. Um Another little bit of information that we have here is like, you know, Tidal launched a new podcast series. And this is from Variety, which is obviously like one of the larger entertainment magazines out there. And Tidal is essentially sort of like um, Spotify-ish iTunes, or music, you know, by iTunes, iTunes Music. But it is... Um, the Jay-Z owned music and entertainment streaming platform. And I guess it just started a whole new podcast series. And it seems like it's just for exclusive for title subscribers. Um, And they're going to be talking about music. I almost feel like it doesn't count. Don't you? I almost feel like it doesn't count because you can't really, you can't listen to it unless you're a subscriber. Like you're, it's VIP content. Well, that's kind of like the same thing. It's the same thing that Audible's doing too, though. You know, it's the first thing. It's the same thing that a lot of people are doing this kind of thing where it's like premium subscription. And plus, the thing, the reason I don't mind this so much is because it's all, it already has subscribers to it. It already People are already listening to music there and intrigued by us, maybe like wanting to support Jay-Z or wanting to experience the type of stuff that he's putting out there and are fans of Jay-Z. And to have like shows that are created specifically for his type of demographic that's already subscribed. Um, I think it's kind of cool. You know, it seems like there's a couple of them here. There's one that's called the rap radar podcast. Um, and, uh, I don't, I think that there's another one that is about, uh, I think Latino something or other, I'm sure in real life rap radar and, and La Mira, that's it. That's what they are. So they have three different ones and they're like kind of addressing, um, very specific demographic and i think that's a diverse sort of um voices out there which is i'm cool with unfortunately we probably won't be able to hear it because i'm not a title subscriber and that's probably not going to be one on my top of mind but <laughs> but hey right. it's there so that you guys can see and i and i kind of i mean i kind of dig it because it's now it, it it's cool it's cool that in that demographic we're getting podcasts and that's something that we need to have a lot more of uh, I'm a big proponent in diversity inside of podcasting. And I think that this could actually reach an audience that hasn't been reached in the past. And they mm-hmm. might be, you know, title subscribers and they're like looking and they're like, what is this podcast thing? And they'll like look it and then listen and have conversations and kind of dig it and maybe mm-hmm. come looking for more. So I'm cool with that. Right on. I'm cool with that. Uh, So just to close this out here, we have uh, just one last little piece of news. And this actually just came out. Um, it is seems like a phonic has just provided a new service to get um, to either receive audio from Facebook Live or mm. to um, 
push out content specifically to your Facebook page. So you can now, through Aphonic, connect to Facebook through the Aphonic interface, and then you'd be able to kind of publish out in the in the way that of audiogram, you know, with a little audio thingy-majiggers on it. So if you post something up, you could it, it'll make it an audiogram and export it to Facebook, which um, will go out. Um, it can export it to different places over there too. Now, the other thing that it's doing though, which is slightly different, is that it's also going to, you since you're connected to your Facebook page, what you're going to be able to do too is you're going to be able to sort of import the audio. And I'm not sure if it's the audio, actually. You know what? I'm not sure if it's the audio. But you're going to be able to import a Facebook Live event and run it through a phonic, which is kind of cool. That's because that, a lot of people are doing that already. And be able to sort of like uh, pull the audio out. Because I know this has been a conversation with our with the e-leaguers, you know, the ladies of the e-league, that they've there's been a couple of them that have done solo shows where they put stuff out via Facebook Live. And then obviously they record on their end and then they pull the audio out and get the better audio and whatnot and put it out as a show. But this kind of will do it for you. So those are a couple of things cool. that they have done it. Yeah, so Alphonic seems to be wanting to be like this um, wonderful way to process and distribute from a variety of different places. The only thing that I have a comment on with this is that the title of this says Facebook live streaming and audio slash video hosting connected to Alphonic. And I think the language that they used regarding general media hosting like it says like one of the bullet points says that it says use facebook as general media hosting service and share the link or embed um the audio video on any web page i think that we already as podcasters as you and i talked about in the last episode still confuse a lot of what media hosting is and and why it's different than anything else and also podcast hosting as a whole and using this term kind of makes it even more muddy because yeah they're th this is media that is hosted on Facebook but they're not really a media hosting service that's just part it just becomes really convoluted even though that is what they're do you know I just wish mm -hmm. that they would have used something else maybe use Facebook you know uh, uh, using their platform as uh, as native with native Facebook ads you know or sorry native Facebook video is all that's my only comment with it that's a little confusing and we are already having such a hard time as content provide or actually media hosting providers to explain the concept to people that this kind of language in in other places just makes it even more confusing People are just going to be like, what? I can host my podcast on Facebook? No, that's not it. So right. anyway, that's my only my only complaint. All right. So are we ready to move on to um, some? Let's let's listen. Let's let's have some fun with our weird and wild show of the week. Weird and wild. Weird and wild. Weird and wild show of the week. All right. So sadly, we missed this last time because we did. We got it cut off. But I'm excited to talk about it again. Go ahead, Elsie. Yeah, I say I'm so excited this... to talk about it. And then I'm like, go ahead. You talk about it. Go pass it on to you. So we have a new, a very sweet podcast. And this sweet podcast actually um, is a pet podcast. But it's not the kind of pet podcast that you would want 
I mean, that you would imagine, not that you would want. You may, you might want a, a podcast like this, but actually, um, this cat is has become uh, really a podcasting superstar. I mean, he is getting. He really is. He is getting so much press. It's crazy. He is part of the movie credits inside of the Messengers, uh, you know, DVD and video as a whole. So he's a famous cat and he has a podcast and we are going to play a bit of, of this for you. Here is Bernie the cat. Today on episode one of Bernie the cat, Bernie's upset about the Cavaliers and he's hungry. <laughs> I'm Bernie the cat. So funny. Bernie the cat. What's your problem? I know the Cavs lost. I know their defense <laughs> broke down in the third quarter. It was kind of uh, disappointing. Yeah, I know. Yeah. But uh, what? You want some water? Oh my god. Okay. Anything else I can get you? Pancakes. You want pancakes? Pancakes. Really? Pancakes. With maple syrup? No maple syrup. Okay. What do you want on it? Catnip. You want catnip on your pancakes? Really? That's amazing. What's up with that? Okay, anything else? Would you like <laughs> some milk laugh. with your pancakes? Oh. No? What do you want with your pancakes? Beer? You want beer with... <laughs> Why do you want beer... Okay, any kind of beer? Miller Lite? No, okay. No, he's like, no. Budweiser? What's your problem, you weird cat? Okay, let's go get your pancakes. Let's go get your pancakes. Come on. Tune in next week when you'll hear Bernie say, For more information, go to BernieTheCatShow.com. I'm Dave Jackson from the School of Podcasting.com, hoping you have a perfect day. Oh, my God. Living proof. Oh, my God. That you truly can make a podcast out of everything and everything. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Dave Jackson, for really um, being the daddy of such a famous cat. And for also having the initiative to put him behind the microphone. Truly. Anybody worried about Bernie having a, a substance abuse problem? Catnip and beer? Not as of yet. I mean, it sounds like not as of yet. control. Pancakes and beer. I don't know. We'll see. But thank yeah. you. And I just we just thought we'd bring it to because it's just so darn cute. It's um really cute. and speaking of cute and crazy, I found this article on gambling911.com. Not that I'm a gambler in any way. It's just that I'm looking through my feeds and the title really called my attention and it said, um, Poker presenter admits to podcasting while on mushrooms. And it's, I'm just a little, uh, I'm really just confused by that because it's like, it seems like this woman, you know, she and her hubby once produced a podcast while they were high on mushrooms and they're like, yeah, it was scary, but you know, they just went on it. And then they, I'm just confused. What do you think, Jess? Do you think that you'd be like, yeah, I'm going to now tell the world that I was on mushrooms when I did my podcast. Like there was a time that we did a podcast and we were on mushrooms. Like, is this something you want to everybody to know? Depends on what your show's about. If you're a comedian. Well, I know, right? I just don't think that this is. I guess it doesn't matter. I guess. 
I get. I mean, it, depend, it also depends on what your career trajectory is when it comes to True. this True. stuff. Because, like, do you care if no one ever hires you again? Are you self-employed or, you know, <laughs> wealthy because you are you have family money or something? Oh, um, no. You know, that makes a big difference, I think. Other than that, no, I think it's super awkward. Right? Super awkward. That's what I'm yeah. thinking too. Super. I mean, and she says totally she, she says she, she admits it was scary at first to post, but the podcast itself delves into the question, "What am I doing with my life?" But you know what? I'm not sure that I would want to be on mushrooms and recording. Really? And then talk about what I'm doing. Like I just, it's too much, Jess. I could understand reporting about that, meaning, hey. I took mushrooms when I was doing X, Y, Z, and this is the experience I had. And and perhaps I had some kind of crazy insight about life and what it means mm-hmm. and then discuss it. But that's right? not really what's happening. Right. No. <laughs> anyway, I just put that up like I was like, OK, thanks for that. And why would you tell anybody? I don't know. Anyway, that's my my thing. But um, um, I mean, but I just but there's a lot of stuff. Listen, I mean, you didn't have these questions when that guy was telling people that he liked to watch women pee or whatever. I mean, like what happened to that? You were all like cool with people admitting that they were sexually deviant even though they're a high school teacher that doesn't no, get they you weren't all talking about that's not what the show was about it was a new show that was talking about these things it was a goofy new show no it was i was a goofy new show that was well that's what i'm saying it but he wasn't like he wasn't into this specific thing he put on a persona and it was a silly show about these silly things that were perhaps not the best for a teacher to be talking about. But that had nothing to do with, like, you know, when I told you, I'm like, don't call him a pedophile because he wasn't a pedophile. He was just putting this crazy, these crazy articles up that he was discussing. And that's what a lot of podcasters do that. They just find the silliest, most obnoxious stories out there and they report on them. It's just that the time. I never listened to a show, though. No, I never listened to a show. Did you mind when I admitted to podcasting? I mean, I've been... I mean, recently, completely delirious. Is that right. different? But you How know is what? that different? Well, there's a different thing, though, because it's I mean, like, it's different because yeah. it's drugs. <laughs> is that well, why? It, their difference is this. It's just, I guess it was because you never know. Like, I don't know. Like, when you're saying something like, oh, I shouldn't have gotten, or I should, you know, like, I'm just so tired, I can't even take it anymore. Like, are you really so tired that you can't even think? And... Wasn't I? Well, no, because it was hilarious and and you were still you. Like I didn't, like I didn't at the, at the time talking with you, I wasn't like, oh, we just need to take, Jessica needs to, we can't have a recording. Like there has to be a point where I can say she just cannot have a mic in front of her right now. She will say things that we we will all regret, you know, like, first of all, I I don't don't know. know the last time I've even been that drunk, but we have also recorded while doing while drunk you and i have recorded together drunk yes, yes we have and and i'm proud of it no <laughs> no but i mean like i mean right i don't know i guess i'm just saying like mushrooms is not anything to be proud of unless you're a person who really digs drugs then what well see i was just thinking like you know there's an element of we weren't mind you when we had when we were drinking we were drinking we were we were tipsy 
We were not like super drunk because we wouldn't have been able to speak, which is a whole other thing. But Fair enough. With, the, with the mushroom thing, that does affect other layers of your brain too. And I would mm-hmm. be afraid that something like the microphone could turn into something else or the, I don't know, the walls would start moving. I don't know where you're Have just you sitting there going mushrooms. Now I need to know why. Why do why do I need to know if you've ever done it? Yeah. Mm, num num. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I can tell you that there's tons of them out here. In fact, I showed well, that you that does one not answer the, the question day. at all. I did send you another one that you saw a picture of it. Did you not? And I found out that that's a reishi mushroom. Isn't that amazing? They're so powerful, those things. Wait, that was so, a drug mushroom? No, it's a reishi mushroom. They're so, um, they're actually, they're med- it's a medicinal um, uh, adaptogen. It's really powerful for your body. It's like super, super awesome. So, yeah. And then there's a couple of pictures of, Randy just found this other one that was with his friend Luke that was as huge, as big as a fan orange mm-hmm. gigantic so we we're probably going to process that mushroom into tincture which is really good you should look up reishi so mushrooms you have done mushrooms because if you haven't you would just say no i haven't <laughs> you're not good you're, you you should not be talking about this right now you're not why no why i am not because you don't need people no. to know what kinds of drugs you've done no we don't need to talk about any of this stuff Dude. Oh, my God. You're making it so obvious. Elsie, you're the worst liar ever. Well, what am I supposed to do? I mean, the question is not. I have not answered. It. I'm it's pleading, what you've done I'm in the past. The, I'm pleading the fifth. I am well, pleading well done. the fifth. Good job. I know. Right. It's been, ter- it's been totally transparent. Because I've never done mushrooms, and you know how you know I haven't? Because I wouldn't have known that you hallucinate and do all this other shit. I've never done it. And I don't think about, like, what the effect would be on my podcasting Dude, skills. They are I'm called- literally, the only drugs I've ever done, I'm going to be totally honest, I've done a lot of pot, and one time when I was 15, I did a third of a hit of acid. I can tell you that I wouldn't have been a good podcaster that day, although I did do well, a lot of talking. Well, that's what I'm saying. But it was mostly Mushrooms about nonsense. Are in line with, but if you just search for them, you would know. If you just search, I mean, what I they know they're are. hallucinogen. I just forgot, right? But I'm, so then, like, why just, wouldn't you think that they you wouldn't hallucinate when you were doing them? I mean, of course you would. Like, but I guess, but that wasn't the question. The question is, why would you want to tell people if you've done them? Maybe so that they don't think you're out of your fucking mind. Possibly. Because if you are podcasting on mushrooms and all of a sudden a horse walks by, people will worry. (laughs) (laughs) Right? I mean, I would worry. If you started hallucinating or telling me about goats, I mean, if I didn't know you had goats or whatever and you started telling me about, I would think you were on mushrooms. (laughs) Thank you, John. Yeah. Thank you. That That would be kind of silly. Yeah. So, I mean, oh my God. there's so, that, too. It's just like maybe it's just uh, maybe the telling people you're on shrooms is like a um, disclaimer that you're not really that okay. big of an idiot. Possibly. The question really that, that, that I think be. you're asking, Elsie, is why would you do mushrooms right before you were podcasting? That's the question. Not that telling is the them. question. No, that I mean, is it, the it, it kind of goes. 
Yeah, it's bo- that that's be, what's that's, bothering you. What's bothering you is that I think they that shrewd, that's what it is. Yeah, before they started podcasting in the first place. And, you know, people who write comedy or who do comedy shows do all kinds of stuff because they think it makes them funnier. So I'm I can tell you that I've sure been that that's I, like did, a- I did a marijuana edible and um, having even my first one right before I went to bed. This wasn't even that long ago because I didn't know what kind of effect. It, I just thought it was like getting high, like with pot. I don't want to say it was it was before Isaac was born. So it was kind of a long time ago. But um, I, yeah, I mean, it was like I was in like a it was like I was in um the great space coaster, like one of those kids shows from this. It was like I was in Schoolhouse Rock. It was crazy. And then I started thinking about how funny I I mean, I was thinking of the most hilarious shit. So for three hours, I spent in the middle of the night writing down all the funny stuff I was thinking. And I'll tell you something sober. It was it was equally, if not funnier. I was very funny when I was like baked out of my head and people just sometimes are more creative, I guess. I don't know. Did you listen to the show with him tripping and was it funny or did you not listen? Uh, no, I didn't. I did not. I, I did not. And it's a girl and her husband. Oh, see, now the way you said that was a little sexist too. I know. Well, it's no. Well, I was surprised because when I read the title and then they were just talking about it's really and then you're you're totally right. When they were I, I read the title and I thought, oh, who who was he? Right. That's right. my min, my, my initial like, thought was like, who girl. was he? And then I was like, oh, it's a girl. I know. That's see. exactly what I was, that was like. so oh sexist of you. I know. Let's not totally say sexist. Let's reframe and it husband. and say traditional that you're more traditional because I, I don't really feel that you're sexist. However, your shock and appall at it being a woman is is an interesting observation. I know. Me. That's a whole other layer of, that's a whole other layer of, how do you say it? If it was a guy, would you be, it. wait, let me ask you something. If it was a guy, would you be as appalled? No, because I would be like, eh. Right. It's like, of And course. maybe that's the difference between this person and the person with the inappropriate podcast. That was a dude. Mm. This is a woman. Maybe that is what's bothering mm. you about. Is it like she? Maybe is, it's like I. I hold like she, she is like should have higher standards of some sort. Yeah, or like ethical, she's not being like, a lady. Know. She's not oh, being a proper nice young lady, dude. And Elsie, you have with the really, you have really been deeply ingrained to be a nice young lady, which is what I love about you. But also, holy judgment, Batman. Holy judgment. Holy crap. Well, I'm still going to say the same thing, which is that she was probably just trying to be funny. But yeah, do you want people to think of you as not a nice young lady and someone who does shrooms? Not really. I don't. But um, how old is she? Probably like, she's probably not. She looks fairly young. 20. She looks like 20. Yeah, she looks pretty young. You know, I will also say that younger folk are a little more casual about drugs. Like, and like when we were that age, it was a very big deal to be tripping on mushrooms or doing anything other than smoking pot like that's part of the reason why you won't admit whether or not you've done other drugs is because our generation really feels like it's a big deal somebody who's 20 on this show even if they worked for comcast would be like sure i've done coke i i did molly the other day i've done X. like they don't care whatsoever what what you know about what they've done it's like very much more mainstream than it was for us so that's probably maybe that's a it's an age culture thing, too, that we're just like horrified by anyone who would openly admit in front of any employer, regardless of what they do, that they've done anything other than smoke pot. And some people won't even admit they've done that. 
you know? Yeah, I think that it has to do with also the type of drug, because I guess that's what I was like kind of shocked with, because a lot of the time with all of these drugs, especially the ones that are um, the ones, the hallucinogenics and all those sort of like natural medicine type of drugs, they're not necessarily done for like, you know, when people go drinking, like you drink to kind of like chill out and connect with people and relax and that kind of stuff. And a lot of these other drugs like ayahuasca and stuff like that, those are all done for a different love, a different purpose. It's like, generally speaking, sometimes it's for something more. They're not usually your go-to party drugs. What? True, but now I have another question. Would you have felt differently if it was MDMA? I don't know because I I think that that's a little bit more c- common in the in the front facing world kind of thing. How I would think? you know? When's the last time? You I don't any, know. You know what I mean? Like, how would you even know? I, I wouldn't know. even know what to say what's common. It's like not even, I don't even think I can even easily. I, would even, I wouldn't know. Like be horrified by anything. Here's the thing. Like living in LA, like when you, when you see people partying, they're usually doing X or they're doing Coke or they're drinking or they're smoking pot. Like in in the public, like meaning in in the in the party zone type of thing, like right. the public party True. zone thing. So that's what like publicly, like that's what you see the most of. Like if you start to think about like drugs like heroin or crack or um, I don't know LSD, I guess occasionally that's like a whole other layer. That's not in the front facing party time area. It's a little more. On the download, slightly more like into the drug culture, like it goes into a deeper place. It is more commonplace to do that shit at a party now than it was when we were young. Like there are. That's true. I mean, yes, it is a little bit more, a little bit more like hidden at a party. But I can assure you that there are people doing that shit at a party. And I have never seen or heard anyone our age that said, oh, yeah, I shot up once, but it really wasn't my thing. But I can guarantee you there's a ton of 20-year-olds that have done it and aren't interested uh, or were curious or are snorting it and not putting it up their arm yet or just whatever. There's a whole – they are so much more – with everything, not just drugs, they are so much more lax about every boundary, sex, bullying, drugs, everything, you name it, they are way more permissive than we ever were. And I mean, I guess if you asked our parents, they would say that about us. But it's like, when is it going to end? What morals are left? How much more relaxed could it be than us? Right? We already felt, I mean, it is frightening, but it's also, you know, they do a lot more. What what about bath salt? There's so many more things that people dare to do now that we would have never tried. Ever. Oh, my God. We are middle-aged. We're so scary. Listen to me. I, I sound mean, we're like so someone's... not scary. We're like, oh my god. But speaking of middle age, dude, we are gonna have to cut this short here. Yeah, we have to go. It's been lovely. It's long. Sorry to go off on the whole drug thing, but I just, I found, I just, I, I kind of just wanted to get to the bottom of exactly why it was bothering you. Was it about podcasting or was it about something else? And like, and you know what? Actually, if you guys are listening, you feel free to tell us how do you feel about hearing that a podcaster male or female was doing it while using drugs or I mean there's lots of podcasters that make their whole show around drinking based around drinking yeah um, absolutely and uh and have you ever done it and if so why and would you tell people please let us know feedback at shoepodcast.com and I guess also we should close out right yeah we should close out 
I know. The show notes, ShePodcast.com. You can find us on Facebook and Twitter at ShePodcast.com. Our group is ShePodcast um, in Facebook. And then also, thank you to John um, Buchanan from Audio Editing Solutions at AudioEditingSolutions.com. Also, if you have not gotten your podcast movement ticket, please use the coupon code SHEPODCASTS and get 15% off your ticket. That is at podcastmovement.com. And we also have a meetup, which you can check out at SHEPODCASTS.com forward slash PM17. Have you written all that down? Did you take good notes? Wonderful. We will see you next time on SHEPODCASTS. Seacrest out. Love you. Oh, mean it. (laughs) (laughs) 